This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we celebrate a fourth straight NCAA championship for the Bates women's rowing team. Plus, John Rex and Elise Lambert represented the track and field program on the national stage and both brought home All-America honors. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's rowing team traveled to Sarasota, Florida last week for the NCAA championships, and the Bobcats turned in another terrific performance, bringing home the program's fourth straight national title. The second varsity eight and the first varsity eight both won all their races. And the Bobcats secured the 30th national championship won by a Bates individual or team in the college's history. It's the women's rowing program's fifth national championship overall. And afterwards, we caught up with some of the senior leaders of this year's crew. Like her teammates, senior captain Sailor Strugar did not know if there was going to be a season this year. But her peers helped her as much as she helped them. I think that just this team has made it so easy. You know, it's, I never question whether I'm going to push my hardest in a practice. Not because I'm saying, oh, am I going to race? Am I not? But because I know the person next to me is trying their hardest. And so, you know, we're really just there for each other, doing it for each other, doing it because we love it. Great. Uh, what was your reaction when you crossed the finish line today? Honestly, just absolute disbelief. You know, that last few hundred meters is just so hard and so painful and you're such in a tunnel of just focusing on the next stroke and the next stroke and then you cross that line and and it's like whoa what just happened how did we make it here but you know my teammates in front of me I'm just so grateful to be with them and it was just a just moment of joy. Second NCAAs for you compare the experiences. You know what it's just almost even though we're in a different place and it's different boats out there and you know everything is a little different it feels the same you know i'm there with my teammates i'm there with bates rowing and we get out there and we do what we do and we know how to execute a race if we know anything so it's uh it's really fun and it, it's really not that different even though you know this one is maybe 30 degrees hotter <laughs> ithaca sort of gave you a run early tell me about that yeah yeah we you know we're excited to race them because we haven't seen them yet in the season you know they are all the way out there in new york and not part of the nezcac so we didn't get a chance to race them until today and you know we we never underestimate our competition and they did it they went out there and gave it their best and we give it our best and you know that's all you can ever do and all you can ever ask for um so you know i'm really impressed by them and you know they they definitely gave us a a good race Tell me about this senior class. It's a big senior class and a lot of seniors in the 1V, some seniors in the 2V as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really been my family through the last four years. You know, we're, we're just there for each other 100% of the time, on the water, off the water. And, you know, I trust every single one of my classmates 100%. And we're just so incredibly grateful to have this last opportunity at NCAAs when we, you know, we didn't get to come last year because of the pandemic. And so this is just the icing on the cake of an amazing four years. Senior coxswain Liza Folsom compares her experience at NCAAs this year to when she was a first year in 2018, a year that also saw Bates win a national title in Sarasota. I think freshman year I was definitely a little more lost and 
you know, had no idea what's happening. I think it's totally an advantage that we got to come back to the same spot, like just like walking in. I feel like, you know, a lot of us felt a little bit more comfortable here than we would like going into a new place. So it was not totally nice to have been here before. Um, but yeah, it felt so good to come back full circle. <laughs> I asked Taylor about this, but the senior class, what is, what do they mean to you? Yeah, they mean everything. They're all my best friends are in our class and we've really been through it the last four years together. So it's so exciting to like finish it out with most of us here and a few of us back home. So it's really good. Take me through the race and kind of how it went from uh, your perspective. Well, about three strokes in, I knew we were in for it. <laughs> we were all expecting a really good race, but I was like, oh, we're really in it for this one. Um, but yeah, we like to really go for it like harder and harder throughout the whole race. And I think we like totally executed our plan how we wanted to and um, it worked out. So it was good. Definitely a little scary at some points, but it ended up being fine. <laughs> you told me about before about how like you weren't even sure there was going to be a season. N none of you were. And then there and then there was. So take me through that mental process from a coxswain's perspective. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a huge change of attitude almost. We were all pretty relaxed, you know, not gonna be a season. And then I think our team did a really good job of like jumping into gear in a week or two and being ready to go. And um, I think the races we had at Tufts were super helpful. Like we had some really good competition there. And I think each time we practiced, we just got better and better and better because we had such a short amount of time to do it, so. For you, you know, every year you were the coxswain, the team not only won the goal in the 1V, but also you know, won the national championship. Well, I mean, what does that mean to you to, to basically be perfect? <laughs> Definitely not perfect, but it was, it's just the best feeling in the world. Like, it's just crossing the finish line. And we knew the 2B had done okay because we saw them on the warm up, And it was just, it's just undescribable. Like, so happy, so proud. I could, really couldn't believe it. I was like, something must have gone wrong. Like, this can't be right, but it, it was. <laughs> I mean, your first year here was the first ever gold medal the 1V had won. And now you've won two more. I mean, What's that say about the development of the program over the last few years? Yeah, I just think we've gotten like deeper and deeper every year. And I think that, you know, the alums and the people older than us have just helped us, you know, get the, get in the right mindset more and more every year. And I think we've just gotten tighter as a team the further we've gone on. And I think that's definitely helped us. Senior Captain Hannah Beams looks back on her time as a Bobcat and what another national championship means to her. I didn't know what to expect coming into Bates. I just knew I needed to put my head down and work. And I'm just so honored to have been in these boats with these amazing women. I am just so amazed by everyone that I've gotten the chance to row with. And I still can't believe that I'm here and just the experience that I've had on this team. It's amazing. And then this being your senior year national championship, same location as your first national championship. Maybe compare the experiences. Liza and I have been talking about how it's just kind of nostalgic bookends. Um, it's been really great and I was just thinking about today this was my fourth race down this course and I just couldn't be happier to be back here. <laughs> and what, how'd the race go today? I was really nervous going up to the start line. I just my brain was all over the place and I was trying to keep calm but it was amazing. We got into the race and I remember just taking our 10-2-10 as the middle move and just taking off at that point seeing the Ithaca coxswain in the first thousand off of my peripheral vision was a little, little nerve-wracking, but it got there and it was just, we just did our race plan and it was one hell of a race. Four straight national titles for the program. What does that mean for you? Honored to be a part of it. Um, it really just means that I've gotten the chance to be with these amazing women for the past four years and the depth that the team has had before I even got here. I just remember hearing stories about it freshman year and how much time and effort and work they put in and I still can't believe I'm a part of it. It's awesome. The first varsity eight are our female Bobcats of the week. 
And on Sunday, we caught up with senior stroke Grace Bake to take a look at her background, the season as a whole, and the races over the weekend. Grace, let's just start with how you first uh, came to Bates for college, because you grew up in London, right? Yeah, so I grew up in London. I went to high school there, and I came to Bates because I knew that I wanted to row, um, and Bates's prior success to 2017 was um, a big motivator for me to come to Bates, and I also, when I came on campus, I just loved the atmosphere, and it just felt like a place that I could could have my college education, so yeah. When did you start rowing growing up? My freshman year of high school, so when I was 14. What was that process like, of course, learning the sport? Um, well, in England, it's a pretty it's a pretty big sport. Yeah. I have an older brother, and he rowed, and so it kind of just progressed naturally that I started rowing as well. I also did, I ran and I swam before, but um, yeah, rowing really took off my freshman spring of high school. Excellent. So you, you come to Bates, and right away, um, your first year here, they, they obviously win the national championship. And so what was that like to come into such a strong pe- program right away? It was super, super exciting and motivating. My The seniors my freshman year were an amazing group of women who um, really showed us what Bates Rowing was all about. And um, their success was really inspiring and motivating, and I think that's what allowed us to continue on for the three next years. I was going to ask about this senior class in terms of keeping this team together through a pandemic. How did that go from your perspective? Yeah, so our senior class was also a pretty big one. I think losing our junior spring and then figuring out what to do this senior year, I think it was a lot of ups and downs for everyone, but um, just doing everything that we could to stay together through Zoom or text messages um, was really important and just keeping exercising or just like doing what you can to keep your body healthy and acknowledging that it's keeping you alive during a pandemic I think was our main um, message so just and I think we're all so grateful to be together and once we found out we had a season I think that was another big motivator to be like yes we all can be together and let's have one last final hurrah. Were you surprised to find out you're gonna have a season because a lot of rowers said they seemed they were pretty surprised by it. Um I was I'm not gonna lie, I think I was like pretty hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I like wanted to have a season. I also think I just like wanted to be on the Androscoggin River with my team and rowing one last time. I think that was almost more important than having a season. So once we could be together first on the river at Bates and then moving forward to have a season, I think it, I, was, I was optimistic that we would have a season. <laughs> Great, and then we'll take us through the races this weekend, how they go from your perspective at the stroke seat. Um, both races were really, really good. We were, I was, I think we were kind of nervous going in to the first one, just that was my first race as stroke seat, but, um, kind of, we knew that Wesleyan was really strong. We weren't, we hadn't raced Ithaca yet this season, so we were unsure how they would do or like what their speed was. I think we just like needed a race and we wanted to, um, have the best race possible. There are seven seniors in the 1B, so I think us knowing that this was our final weekend of racing was really important to us, and we just wanted to go out there and just fight and have a good race, and I think we did exactly that. I think um, the heat on Friday was really good. We felt really strong, really in control, really focused through the whole race, and then on, um, and then on Saturday for the final, we knew that Ithaca produced a really good time in their heat, so they were only three seconds behind us, so we knew going into the final that Ithaca was going to give us a fight. They were gonna, they were not going to back down. They were going to like hold us accountable. Um, so, have knowing that going in, I think really set us up well. So from the first stroke, 
um, on the final, it was kind of just like heads in, focused, every stroke is important, pushing our limits. We knew we all had more to give after the heat on um, Friday. So we kind of just went out there and fought every last stroke that we had. And yeah, we came out successful. So that was really exciting. You mentioned it was your first race in the heat, at least in the stroke seat. What was that transition like for you? Um, It felt good. I mean, I'm really good friends with everyone in the boat. So everyone was like really supportive and I felt, I felt confident in what I could do in stroke seat and then I felt like we had some really good practices on the Androscoggin before we left so yeah I was excited and I felt I, we, I felt good about what we were going to do. Liza Folsom mentioned as the coxswain obviously she's, she's hyper aware of where the other boats are and she was aware that Ithaca was right with you for basically most of that race I mean it was only a three second difference I think at the end and so um, how aware were you though of that? Um, I, I obviously <laughs> keeping my head in the boat, but like out of the corner of my eye, I could definitely, I definitely knew that they were there. I knew that they were ahead. So I was definitely subconsciously, I think panicked and just like aware of the fact that we were behind, but I, I like, I knew our move was strong. And so when we moved through them or like took some seats up on them during the move, I would think I watching back in the video we like definitely were up more than I thought we were I was still thought we were very much down um but even in the heat for example for Wesley and I knew they were up off the start and that's just like kind of expected for us um so I try not to think about too much the fact that they're up on us because I know that the race is 2,000 meters long so I have I'm aware but I'm not I'm trying not to panic about it too much I thought it was cool afterwards the streamers on the stage how did that come together (laughs) I think that was a that was a cute idea from the NCAA I'm not sure how well it got executed but um it was fun to have the celebration and really make it feel like a final hurrah for us which was really good and then tell me a little bit more about the senior class what makes it so special in your opinion um, I think our senior class, it's a big class, first of all, but um, we're, all different, we're all different people who've come together to share our love of the sport of rowing, and I think we've really bonded over that over the past four years. Um, humble brag, but we're a strong bunch of girls who like, have been in um, the top boats for like the four years, so I think that has also been like, really exciting for us and like, um, kind of helped mark who we are. Um, but, yeah, I think we're excited to pass on the torch to these next group of women who are going to do amazing things for the Bates Rowing Program and produce some really good results in the coming years. We're talking on Sunday, and you're all about to leave to watch the Division I races, right? I mean, are you, how much of a rowing junkie, rowing fan are you in terms of watching these other schools? Oh, I think it's amazing. These girls are so fast and strong. Like, it's so exciting to watch them. Um, and just see what they can do. I feel like I have girl crushes on like half the women because they're just like, they're really amazing athletes and they're, produ- they're rowing at a really high level. So it's exciting to see that. And I'm glad that we have this year to watch them and be able to, um, to watch them succeed and like row so fast and well. So it's exciting and inspiring. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts you want to share we haven't got to talk about about your, either your time at Bates or on the rowing team? No, I think overall I've had like a really amazing experience. I think I owe a lot to Peter Steenstra, our coach. He is an amazing um, man who definitely knows what he's doing. Um, And he has helped us, he's allowed us to compete at this high level and believed in us every step of the way. And even through the pandemic, he um, has kept us looking at the light at the end of the tunnel and kept us moving forward. So. We owe a lot to him, and he doesn't get enough credit for all the amazing work that he does. And 
he's good at what he does and it shows. So, yeah. Thank you. Great. Grace Bake, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Head coach Peter Steenstra has led the Bobcats to new heights in his 13 years at the helm of the program. He was with the women at NCAAs this week, but he was also keeping a close eye on the men's rowing team, which competed at the IRA National Championships for the second time in program history over the weekend. Steenstra looks back at another title for the women and what lies ahead for the men. Coach, we talked during the pandemic. You made the metaphor that Normally, you tell your team every season is like climbing a mountain. You start at the bottom and you go to the top. This year, it was more like you were in a dark tunnel and you didn't know when you're going to emerge into the light, but you would eventually. And clearly, the team did a great job emerging. What are your thoughts on how they handled this? Yeah, the, the idea behind that tunnel was to remind them that we don't have a whole lot that we can truly predict throughout the year. And the one thing we can do, because it, it all comes down to what can we control, and the one thing we can control is stopping and just getting a hold of each other so that we stay together through whatever is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, we, we couldn't say for sure that we were going to be able to practice. We couldn't say for sure that we were going to be able to race. I didn't even know at that point that we were even sure to come back to campus. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was my way of saying to them, just hold on to each other and, uh, and continue to be the tight, cohesive unit that you are because this is not going to be a group of you know, 60 individuals doing individual work all alone in the dark. We need to make sure that what we're doing is something that's going to continue to hold us together. And as we move forward into the dark as one, eventually you know, we start to see off in the distance a, a faint light. And then we just start heading towards it and kind of building up speed. For this team, how helpful was it that it was so senior heavy? I think that was very helpful. I think the seniors were going to, they were just going to ride and work on, on hope. You know, they were just like, we already lost one season. If there's any chance at all, I want to make sure that I'm there and my teammates are there. And, and so I'm going to work for it as though it's going to happen. I think that's just the way they approached it. What were your observations from yesterday's grand finals? Um, that they are, they are the best Division three program in the country by leaps and bounds. I mean, the, the maturity that you saw when you watch rewatch the racing, and we sat here and, uh, last night to rewatch the races, and it was fun to be able to use their own race as a teaching moment for them because I wanted to show them what they do. When they're in the boat, they don't really, you know, to say that they don't know what they're doing isn't right, but they don't actually get to see it happen. Yeah. So to watch it and watch the steady, consistent motion of that boat and how, how slowly the 2V creeps away from the field and then just turns into this, this dominant monster with 500 meters to go and you could see the, the length of it, see the power of it, um, and watch it extend its lead, right? They don't get to ever see that, right? They're just in there working hard, working hard. Um, so to watch that and then I get to say, look, this is exactly where we do what we do. You stay calm here. Everyone kind of goes nuts around you and does all they can to, to rattle you. Um, but we spend a, a whole year not being rattled. It is kind of funny to hear the announcers at the regatta basically start talking about who's going to get second. That's like halfway through the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, to, 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 in their defense, I don't know that I could actually talk for a 2,000-meter right, right. race. <laughs> so, so I think they're, they're reaching for things to even bring up you know they, at one point they're they're saying things like uh 
Yeah, you put the blade in the water and then you pull it through and that's how you make the boat go. Like, that's that, how you row. I mean, you're really, you're really reaching for stuff to talk about right there. <laughs> but I saw kind of a reflection of how dominant the boat was, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they, they're trying to talk about everyone, yeah. for one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they, um, the boat just was moving so well, especially after the heats, where in the heats they went in so... Anxious. I wouldn't call it nervous, but anxious. They mm -hmm. hadn't raced in a while. Um, and, and not to put down any of our competition, but they weren't really tested mm -hmm. yet. Okay. Um, so to have that true test through the heats was good. Um, and then, you know, the, the grand final races were awesome. Well, and it was interesting because of the nature of the season, all your other races were on the Malden River, and that course is a little curvy. It's not a true straight 2K. This was the first like actual like straight 2K since that 2019 NCAA championship. Right? <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kudos to the Coxons. They did it flawlessly, of course. Yeah. And and even the fact that they had to get into those uh, starting boots, they're called. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that cup that comes up out of the water and holds your bow in place. Mm -hmm. A number of, of programs had trouble with that only because no one uses it anywhere. Oh. And so we have an entire field of competitors at all divisions who are doing something brand new on the day of or day before competition. Mm -hmm. Show me the other sport that does that, right? right? Like we as, a, as an entire sport threw this new thing at everybody. But I mean, it was a great experience. Our coxswains did it perfectly. We have scholars in the bow, so they had no trouble getting it in there. And then they end up waiting for others to do the same. But that was really, really cool for them, I think. And then this morning, we're talking on a Sunday after the championships, uh, which happened on Saturday, but the team is going to go right back to the course and watch the Division I uh, grand finals. Uh, what do they kind of learn from, the, from that experience? Um, what do they learn? Um, well, they've they got to learn that they are a fan, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're learning that there are other athletes, there are other women that work as hard as they do and harder. And so it, it's important to know that the speed that we've achieved is very good, but it's certainly not maximum speed. There's, mm. there's more speed to be had. Uh, the other thing is to just be able to watch a lot of rowing and see the differences between styles. Um, you can, as you're watching it, you, maybe you're learning something about how, huh, maybe, maybe that's something that I do right there and it looks a little bit awkward and that, or that one athlete there in five seats seems to be a little bit out of sync from everybody else. What's the problem? And so they, they start to, they're looking at rowing with a critical eye, which, they don't know necessarily that they're doing it, but when you're sitting down and watching boat after boat go by, you're starting to notice the differences between them. And that's, that's just programming them to, to be a more aware um, and dynamic rower for yourself. I saw, I think, the Ithaca coach come up to you after the um, race yesterday, after the 1V Grand Final, and she was just like, just a great day of racing. Like, she was pretty thrilled about how it all kind of came together. Similar thoughts for you? Oh my, yeah. I, I mean, look, the, the day we arrived, uh, Kevin Sauer from Virginia, like we almost ran to each other <laughs> just because I haven't seen him in two years. And, yeah. and he's one of the people I really admire in this sport and, and to just be able to see him and be as he's as excited as I am to just be racing. The fact that it's NCAAs and a big championship regatta is just all icing on the cake. So I had that conversation probably 15 times over the weekend and, and, you know, to just be, be able to get it all to the point that we're all here and we're all able to get from 
from one end of the race course to the other, and, and all these athletes get to have this experience is really everything that matters. We mentioned all the seniors. The flip side of that is next year, a lot of pe- new people are going to be in the 1V, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we lose seven total, well, you know, with the coxswain included. Right. So, yeah, we're going to have a brand new, new uh, 1V next year. That is for sure. Um, but, you know, we have a really good freshman class. We have a lot of people that never got to race at all mm-hmm. this year. And remember, with 21 that are here, we have 40 at home. Right. And then we also have an incoming class of almost 20. Yeah. So we, we're, we're just reloading is what's going to happen. Um, I think it's important to point out, like, uh, you know, the two spares, Mickey mm-hmm. and uh, Bauerfeind, you know, they're, they're, they were ready to pop into any seat at any moment if mm-hmm. need be. Um, I think that the two of them would also be, um, you know, varsity eights, varsity eight bodies in many other schools. Yeah. Um, and then you can go into the Tuvi and you look at uh, Weissman, you know, she, that was her first race as a Bates rower was the heat at the NCAA championships, right? Yeah. So for her, I mean, what a, what a great way to start your collegiate career, right? right. Uh, but she just did a phenomenal job. And so that's why I, I gave her the big, the big trophy when we got that on the stage. Because, nice. you know, that, that's a tall order for a, a freshman to take uh, is to have to be put in that position and but she sat in the middle of the boat, and she was surrounded by a, a bunch of women who had, had already been there, uh, more or less. And, and um, you know, she just went about her business, and boat went fast. I did know she made some fairly significant switches since the NESCACs, even in the 1V boat. Same personnel, but different order, right? Yeah, the 1V didn't change a whole lot. Wow. Just, just moving uh, Grace Bake and, mm-hmm. uh, and CBT, just doing that switch there. Um, but as far as the 2V, yeah, we, we, were, we were changing all the time yeah. with that boat because... It, you know the big secret out there I guess is not a secret because the 3v is almost as fast <laughs> right so I had I certainly had a lot of people to choose from and it, and someone like uh, Weissman who she was uh, quarantined for a while and mm. so she had to had to return to play protocols and all this stuff so it kind of kept her out for a while mm. um, Horvat was the same thing you know because so so she came in and, and once I once I got these people back into the mix you yeah. know we started to make these comparisons and stuff and and uh, and that boats the result of it. Interesting thing about this year is the IRAs were at the same time, and so you couldn't go. And so uh, Lizzie Kenny went and 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 you know led the men's team at IRAs, but you were watching closely on your phone, right? <laughs> oh man, we yeah we were. I was watching everything that I possibly could um, and bugging Mitch a lot. You know, I'm sure um, I, I tried hard to not call her any more than I absolutely needed to or. You know, I would just text, like, all good, and she would respond with, yeah, of course, we're fine. <laughs> or I'd texted the, the captains or the coxswains or something. Uh, but I had a couple Zoom meetings with the team, uh, which, you know, were super awkward, but I, right. hopefully I, I think the guys uh, appreciated it. And I can just put in a couple, you know, sense of thought for them. Uh, met with the coxswains in between the, the um, time trial and the semifinal just to try to give them some information, some insight that I could offer. Um, but I, I will say that it was very, very difficult to be, um, to be so split mentally. Like, it's not like I didn't want to be here right. <laughs> or didn't want to be there, right. um, but I had the entire regatta schedule in my head 
for the IRA at the same time as this. So I kept going to Carly saying, all right, so is it this meeting? Am I here at two o'clock or am I in New Jersey at two o'clock? You know, right. I had to keep kind of checking in with that to make sure I was in the right place at the right time. The guys did a great job. You know, Lizzie did a, such a great job as a coach for the last six years. And so in a way it was a, a good ending, I think for her to take the men and be with the men at a major regatta like that. And, and kind of have that time with them, I hope. Um, and I think they, it, the result doesn't show it, but the performances were good. And everything about that trip is very crucial to the future of the program and will really slingshot the guys forward. Well, speaking of that future, I mean, we talked about all the seniors on the women's team. There's only, I think, what, three seniors on the men's team. So that's a very young program right now, right? Three total, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, two rowers and, and uh, Adrian Temperino. Yeah. Um, or Aiden, I think I said Adrian, Aiden. Yes, Aiden. <laughs> I'm just going to stick to the nicknames, Tempe. Yeah, Tempe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to lose only three out of the whole group is very promising, mm -hmm. you know, and then having that experience that they just had where we had a few freshmen were there, um, I think that that's, that's going to plant the seed for a lot of the guys. And, and they want to be there and they want to do well. And starting next year, there will be a separate Division Three event. Right. So that's going to be uh, interesting and make it that much more enticing so that it's not a go there and fight for 24th place, right. Right? you know what I mean? Um, but clearly, if you look at the results, we have a lot of work to do just within D3, just within NESCAC, you know. Uh, Williams did really well and got themselves kind of into that top 18 group, which is very impressive. So um, there's a lot of work ahead of us. And then any other final thoughts you wanted to share about NCAAs we haven't got to talk about yet? For everyone in general, it's been such a long year, but... Um, you know, I, I was emotional at the end of this one because it just represented the end of that tunnel for us, you know. And to come out with it and to bookend a pandemic with national championships, um, and I, I don't say this pridefully, but that is really impressive. You know, I'm so impressed with these the women for having done this and to know that this class was so key to that because without their commitment and their dedication and their discipline um, as they went through that and brought all of their teammates with them and were vulnerable with them and were they, they didn't act as though they had all the answers they also said they were willing to tell their teammates you know this is hard I'm, I'm having trouble and then the team circling around that so that's where that all that power comes from because to act like you have all the answers and to be totally false is easier than to be vulnerable and to be open to your teammates and say that I'm having a hard time. So I think that uh, th there's such an impressive group and, and I think that I just can't be more proud of them and, and all the work they've done. In track and field, senior captain John Rex kept the Bates throwing legacy going strong with a fifth place showing in the hammer throw at the NCAA championships on Saturday. His first throw of the day, which traveled 189 feet and 9 inches, held up for the second All-America honor of his pandemic-shortened career. And according to Rex, it was a storybook ending. Male Bobcat of the Week, senior captain John Rex with us here on the Bobcast after his Final hammer throws of Bobcat down there in North Carolina, All-America Honors. And it was actually your first hammer throw of the day that got you that, right? But uh, take us through kind of the trip and how it went from your perspective. Yeah, so the trip uh, left on 
Tuesday. It was an interesting time to leave for the trip because uh, there's a lot of senior week stuff going on. Um, my grade, a lot of grade bonding, um, and I couldn't really participate in most of that just because um, I was in a different stage of uh, <laughs> of mindset, um, and you kind of have to be, and I think that was the difficult part about just uh, the timing of the event, but ultimately, you know, I worked really hard for, um, for that moment, and, you know, um, while, you know, everyone can qualify for graduation as long as you get your requirements it's like an honor to uh qualify for the national championship so I, I ended up uh going with that route and I was really glad I did um left Tuesday just had some time to to practice at the facility for a couple of days and relax uh spend some time with coach fresh and coach Ellis which was really great um did a little bit of sightseeing um and it sort of always ends up uh, in my past experiences uh, competing in the hammer throw. Um, it's usually the la I mean, it just by coincidence has been the last day. So that was definitely um, sort of, uh, it made me a little bit antsy just because I, I like to sort of get in, get out. And, um, but, you know, I had to do a lot of uh, relaxation uh, prep and, meditation because it, it just uh it uh, I wasn't competing for for a while so um that was uh that part was definitely tough about it but ultimately you know Saturday came and it came quicker than I expected and uh, I was feeling pretty nervous um like I always do like you know most people do um but you know I kind of said to myself I mean I had already graduated at that point um virtually um, and I had already, you know, I've been done with college for a couple of days and I was just feeling very, um, like this is it, you know, I had nothing to really lose here. So I'm just going to go for it and not really, um, anticipate any type of, uh, outcome. Um, and so I just really, the first throw, I mean, I remember getting in the circle and, uh, fresh had helped me a lot, do a lot of prep, um, just, uh, taking in the moment before I throw because I think sometimes when you're at nationals you just get in there and you don't realize how nervous you are and you don't control your nerves and put yourself in the right uh, frame of mind so um, we did fresh help me a lot with that and I, I just sort of took note of what he said and I got in the circle and just uh, before I stepped in I just took a deep breath and looked around took it all in sort of calmed myself down then went in just uh, stuck to my cues you know left, left, attack, attack, that's what we've been saying all, all last semester. Um, it's just the, it's just the tech, technical plan for how, how to execute in the circle. That's what works for me at this point in my training. So I just stuck to that and trusted in that, trusting coach, and I uh, just sent one out there, and it felt really good. <laughs> they didn't know how far it was. You know, the field is, it was tough to see uh, where the balls are landing, because it was sort of, the hill is sort of a slight incline. Um, and so when it when I saw the mark on the, on the electronic board, I, I got really excited because I knew that you know, it was probably in finals and uh, felt really good. And then the rest of the meet, I just tried to sort of push it. <laughs> right. Well, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned that you you, know, you got there on Tuesday. You didn't compete until Saturday. Did you watch the other events that were happening, or did you try to kind of stay focused on you know preparing for yours? Um, yeah, so different from previous years, I'm usually very, 
studious in terms of the, the rankings and the leaderboards and uh, who's competing when and where. But I, I, I kind of this year, just because I've only had, you know, this was, that was only my fourth meet and usually I have a lot more meets in a season. Um, and I, I kind of felt like uh, separated from the rest of uh, the competitors there in terms of just the kind of uh, makeshift season we've had, whereas a lot of the other teams there, like everyone I competed against in my event had nine meets and I had three. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was just a different experience for me. I was just happy to be there. And I, I wasn't really, I, I hadn't really looked at um, the nationals lists or like stayed updated with the live streams just because like, um, I was sort of still in shock to even be there just because two months earlier, I didn't really envision that happening um, because of the, just the COVID policies and restrictions. So it just felt really great to be there. I didn't really pay attention to the other events. So, I mean, when I, when I was in the facility, I would, I would watch, but um, I didn't make an effort to really pay attention, but maybe that aided me in just like being more relaxed and not like comparing myself to, to other people and just sort of taking in my moment and, and really just doing, um, doing uh, the, my event for, uh, you know, for doing it for myself and doing it for, you know, my teammates and people, you know, really who I owe it to push me this year to uh, get to that place. And you mentioned, of course, working with coach fresh for basically one last time. Right. I mean, what was, what's it been like working with him for four years? Uh, I mean, it was just like, it was really that, that whole experience you know, this past week was really like ethereal. Like it just felt, you know, it's been a very difficult year. I mean, the first three years, two and a half years of tracking and Coach Fresh has always been amazing. And, and he's been even more amazing through um, COVID and just been a really great support system um, for me to sort of uh, escape from all the the chaos that was going on you know and that's what throwing really is for me it's like a stress reliever um that's why I love it I love the uh I love the uh, technical side of it and just studying it um and he's just been a great yeah he's just been a great sports system he's not really like just a, a track coach but he, he's a very wise man he he's helped me a lot um just in life give me a lot of great uh skills that I'm going to use with me um, as I, you know, go into the adult world. Um, and I'm really thankful for him. And just like, <laughs> just like getting uh, the All-American uh, a couple of days ago, just the other day, um, it was just a really magical like moment uh, for both of us because they just knew that, you know, a lot of, a lot of tears and uh, like uh, reps and and sweat had gone into uh, that moment and we both knew it and uh it just felt really really good it was a really nice way to cap off just like a really interesting year um and I I, I just felt great to do that for him as well because he worked so hard and dedicated so much time to me it felt almost like that was you know that was my way of uh showing him you know the, all the hard work that he's put invested in me as an athlete so it was, it was really magical we were both in tears and uh and Dave Pless is there and he was in tears and Rich McNeil was there and he was in tears like we we're all just you know really ecstatic and it was just like it was a crazy moment and it was definitely something I'll remember forever so so having Pless and McNeil there were they giving you any tips or anything <laughs> no I mean it was interesting because of COVID we couldn't um they couldn't really be anywhere near me only fresh could be uh in proximate close proximity to me using the coach's box um and everyone else had to sort of stand really far away so people like 
even my own family that was there they they didn't even really like they couldn't really even see like where they were um just because of COVID restrictions they there were no like uh it was weird because the spectator stands you could see all the track events but for the throws it was kind of difficult because the throws are um sort of adjacent to the track so it was harder to see from where the spectators were allowed to sit so my parents were sort of watching felt keeping up with the live stream um but um it was nice to have them there and they were they I mean I could hear them all cheering from the stands you know everyone was cheering really loud like coach Jay coach Ellis coach Kurt um like uh, Rich like Plus and my parents and my family it was just like it felt really really good to just have like all their support and I could hear them all cheering because they, they made sure they were loud enough so I could hear them from the circle and it was it was definitely really encouraging. For those who don't know, this is your second All-America honor, but the first time you actually get to stand on the podium with uh, with the All-America trophy. What was that experience like for you to actually be able to stand on the podium in NCAA for the first time? It didn't feel real. Uh, it was a very emotional moment just because I had, I just graduated. A lot of things had just happened, you know, so it just felt, you know, when a lot of good things just happen on top of uh, one another, it feels very, um, ethereal or like very like just it just doesn't feel quite realistic and so I was just still sort of trying to digest what was happening but I mean there's no better feeling than standing on that podium and like seeing like my whole family was like right in the spectator stands just like cheering and and you know the other guys uh, it was nice to uh, get to you know meet the, the other guys who also I uh, competed against and we were you know sort of waiting for the uh, staging process for that together and talking and it was just nice to hear uh everyone's everyone's difficulties throughout the year and you know everyone who was there really persevered throughout the pandemic to even get there and and they were you know everyone we were all sort of um at, in the same place in the sense that you know we were just happy to be there and it just felt it just felt really magical to all of us to to actually be at nationals like getting doing normal uh like all-american staging and like the everything the process about nationals everything was the way it, it used to be and that was really special and everyone felt that um it, it, there's just no better feeling it's kind of an indescribable feeling but um just uh just making making people proud and uh doing it for also making yourself uh proud and, and you know, doing, you know, doing it for yourself and doing it for your teammates and the people who are really committed to the sport, who love it and, and look up to you. I mean, I think that that was what made that moment really compelling, just uh, because that, that wasn't just for me, you know, that was for a lot of people who have helped me along the way and who I, who I um, am indebted to, so. You mentioned David Pless earlier. Um, some Bates throwers, like David Pless, have continued to throw after they graduate from Bates. What are your thoughts on that possibility for you? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually competing on a meet in the fourth. Um, okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so I, I got a job offer like a year, like back in September, and it was a very different situation in terms of the pandemic. So I, I accepted the job offer, and I'm glad I did. Um, but obviously with that, I, I am not going to a grad program right away and I don't have any plans now to go to grad school but um I just I, yeah I mean I'm moving to an area where I really don't know a lot of people I'm sort of situated very close to Princeton University I'm gonna look to just sort of get involved in the track team down there volunteer assistant coach maybe alongside my job um 
but I'm really excited. No, I'm really excited. I'm just going to keep training and, and just see where it goes. I think I want to qualify for at least one trials. Um, so that's definitely a goal. And I, I have a good support systems down where I'm moving to. And I'm actually living like 30 minutes from D-Ray. And he just recently started training again. He has a friend. They, they all train together. So I'm really looking forward to camaraderie down there and just uh, just staying at it. I, I'm not done yet. So <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about, you know, this past meet or your time at Bates and kind of in general, we haven't gotten to talk about? I'm really grateful. Um, I do. I am a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason. Um, despite, you know, setbacks of this year, I think that there are some lessons to be learned from it. And I, it, it's just like, I, I really dreamed of that moment two days ago. And I just feel very grateful that that actually happened. Um, and there actually was like a, a storybook ending to, to this experience, um, which is very uncharacteristic of like the normal sequence of, of things. Um, and it just, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just been a crazy time and I, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe some more seasons in there, but, um, but no, but really, I mean, part of it also makes a, makes it feel special that, you know, I was uh, the only, you know, uh, me and my teammates are the only th throwers and other athletes to to really endure this pandemic and uh, ultimately come out on top of it. And I'm really excited to see what uh, the team does, especially my event group and some of the other guys I'm close to on the team who I, I really believe in. I'm really excited to see what they do next year and how they persevere through this time because there's so many lessons to be learned and, and hardship. Um, and the people who come out on the other end better for it, are, I think, are the, the real winners. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to see that happen. I, I know there's some there's a lot of uh, good things that are going to come for the Bates track team. So, yeah, and I'm very thankful for Coach Fresh as well. And I know we're, we'll stay in touch, but I mean, we already do. But uh, yeah. but he's he's just he's just a great guy. I mean, I call him Dad. Uh, he's just he's just like such a father figure and role model. And um, he's he's just taught me so much about myself and about life. And uh, I. I it's it's hard to put into words. I mean, I, I still am sort of comprehending it, but um, he's just he's a really he's a really great man, and he he you can learn a lot from him. And I'm very thankful for for the program and for the athletic department. And uh, while it's sad, and I'm excited to see, you know, where the you know the where the direction's going to head, you know, next year, and who's going to you know who's going to do some really cool things. Well, John Rex, All-American, the hammer throw. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast, and congrats again on a great career at Bates. Thank you so much. Junior Elise Lambert shined on the national stage as well for Bates, placing fifth in the women's 800 meters at the NCAA championships with a finals time of 2 minutes, 11.85 seconds, the second best time of her career. For Lambert, it's her third career All-America honor. Elise, you had the prelim in the 800 and then the final Tell us a little bit about how you prepared after you got down there in North Carolina and, and how those races went from your perspective. Yeah, so as soon as we got to North Carolina, it was sort of just about resting and getting ready for the races. Um, really going into it, we were sort of focusing on just the prelim um, because as soon as you qualify for the final, like you already know you're all American. And so um, that's obviously the goal. Um, and so going into it, my coach and I, we sort of, I was trying to figure out some sort of strategy and she was just like, just run for time, just run for time. So um, we were pretty set on the pre just going as, as hard as I could in the prelim um, and doing whatever I could. 
Um, so we got there on Wednesday. Um, we had Thursday to just rest. Um, I think I spent the whole day in bed, um, just relaxing. Um, and then Friday was the prelim, um, raced the prelim, made it to the final. And then the final was on Saturday. Excellent. And then uh, speaking of that final, it looked like it was rainy at least when you were on the podium. Was it raining during the race? It wasn't. It was actually really funny. Um, we finished the race and then all together, everyone who competed cooled down together on the infield. Um, and then we were just sitting, waiting for our, our, uh, our words to get called and it started raining. And then the skies just opened up and we were on the podium. It was, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> so how do you feel like, I mean, this junior year, obviously a, a, a weird season with a very few meets, but how do you feel you kind of prepared yourself for senior year coming up here? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't really thought much about it. Um, it's, I've really just been reflecting on um, how grateful I am um, that I even got to this point after such a weird season. Um, and just that we got the chance to compete um, and going forward, I, I'm just I'm continuing to appreciate the fact that I get to participate in my sport after having it taken away for so long. Um, so like going into senior year, I just, I, plan to do everything the same and just enjoy my time, enjoy being with my team um, for that final season. Yeah. Is the 800 becoming kind of your favorite event or how would you uh, rank him? I guess I've, I've always been an 800 runner. Um, yeah. It's always kind of been like what I'm best at. So um, I'm obviously plan on doing that going forward. And my coach also wants me to do more 1500s, um, do more distance stuff um, in the future. So yeah, I love the 800. <laughs> it's really my thing. Um, hopefully more things will become my thing um, in the coming year, but I guess we'll see. The years blend together for me, but did you overlap with Aiden Eikhoff at all? Yes, I was a freshman when she was a senior. Okay. So what's it like being so close to maybe possibly breaking her record? <laughs> it's, it's really enjoyable. <laughs> um, I love Aiden. She was such, a, she was such an icon. Um, and as a freshman, she was such a role model too for me. Um, and I, for, such a, for a very long time, I really felt like I was just sort of in the shadow of Aiden trying to live up to her her standard that she set because of course she's such a great athlete um and it, it's nice to finally feel like I'm no longer in her shadow I'm at least I've also made a name for myself um which is it's really great um but obviously that doesn't go to undermine her achievements or anything um she's still a fantastic athlete and um I would be so honored if I could maybe break that record um but yeah I'm I'm just yeah I'm glad to have gotten to know her and um be, be able to say that I'm at competing at a level that she was at. Excellent. And then over the summer, what are some of your plans uh, leading into the fall here? Yeah. So summer training for cross country. Um, I have a couple weeks of rest, um, which is very exciting. And then jumping right back into summer miles and uh, cross country workouts and getting ready for that season. Great. It was a small, but mighty contingent at NCAA this year, wasn't it? You and you and Johnny Rex both bringing home all Americans. How cool was that to see? It was very exciting. Um, yeah, especially if we both came in fifth um, <laughs> in, our, in our favorite events. And um, it was just really, it was awesome to have another person there. Um, otherwise, I think it would have gotten really lonely with my coaches. Um, my coaches are obviously great support, but it was also just like, it felt so special to, you know, have text messages from Johnny um, encouraging me the whole time that we were there um, and to have another athlete there and also to watch him compete. It was really exciting to watch the hammer. Um, I don't usually get to watch that event. Um, and it was really cool to see him do his thing and to see him do his thing so well. Excellent. And speaking of that, how much did you get a chance to watch some of the other events? Was that because John, I talked to him, he said he was very focused on, on his. <laughs> and were yeah. you able to watch any of the other you know, running events or did you have an interest in those or at all? Or I, 
I did not get to watch many before my race. Um, I had a, I caught a cold before oh. uh, we arrived. And so Thursday, Thursday meet was going on, but I was, I didn't want to go to the meet. I just wanted to stay in bed. I just wanted to rest. Um, and then Friday I was, I was, I was too stressed out to watch any races before my race. Um, but then after I raced, I was, I was very, uh, we, I, I can't remember. I don't think I, we stuck around to watch a couple of events. Um, and then after my race on Friday as well, um, we watched some races before we had a, a weather, <laughs> the weather postponed the meet. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely would have liked to have watched more events. Um, uh, it just sort of never, it didn't really pan out and I would always, I get too nervous watching races before my own race. So yeah. um, I had to pass on that before. You touched on prelims versus finals. Um, does your strategy change at all from, a, from, a, from an approach to those races, whether it's prelims or finals? The finals were definitely a little bit less stressful. Yeah. Um, and I was able to just sort of relax and just tell myself it doesn't matter at this point, just have to do your best. So um, essentially it was the same thing. It was just go as hard, like race as hard as I can do as best as I can at that moment in time um, for both of them. Um, and it was just, I was just more relaxed for the final because I knew no matter what I was going to be on the podium. So um, the outcome wasn't as, it wasn't as high stakes for me. <laughs> Well, um, the environment there, I mean, what sense did you get from the other athletes in terms of, you know, because it has been such a strange season, what they were feeling uh, there. Did you talk to them at all or was it pretty much just focused on what you were doing? Yeah. So, like I said, we all we all cooled down together after the final. Um, we ran a mile in the infield together barefoot. Um, and um, it was really interesting because there so a lot of the people there had full track seasons, um, had full indoor track seasons. Um, and it was, it was really weird. They were so shocked when I was like, oh yeah, we've only had three meets so far or four meets so far. Like this is my fifth or sixth time competing. And everyone was like, how, like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, obviously it's been different, um, you know, varied by, by region, but, um, all my competitors were super, super nice. <laughs> everyone was really cool. Um, yeah. And I never had, I, I also thought that was, it was really special that, um, we all just cooled down together. I, I never really had that experience. And um, yeah, it was just, it was really exciting. And it was, I made so many new friends. <laughs> it was very cool. <laughs> and as part of you thinking, what can I do now with a full season coming up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about NCAAs we haven't got to talk about yet? The other thing was just that um, I had so much support from my teammates uh, back home. And so just a special shout out to everyone. I had this is like the second I finished my race and even the morning before I had texts from everyone on the team just wishing me luck and um, it, it really feels like like I owe a lot of my success to those people um, who just sort of kept me going um, and obviously to my coaches as well um, coach Jay and coach Curtis who who came with me um, and coach Ellis and coach Fresh on the men's side who are also there for Johnny were just so supportive throughout the whole thing um, and I it was really just like such a such a great experience um, all together to be able to be out there. Um, and I'm so thankful to, to my coaches to like, to have made it happen for us and the athletic staff who allowed me to go. Um, so yeah, that's necessarily all I have to add. Awesome. Elise Lambert, all American in the 800 and already looking forward to cross country season in the fall. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll have a special reunion episode as we will catch up with Bobcats from the past. Find out who will share memories of their times at Bates next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bye. Bye.
Why? 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 Why?